Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Joining me today is Matt Babcock from Babcock Hoops. Matt, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Uh, do you want to just tell people what exactly Babcock Hoops is? Yeah, sure. So I mean, it's just uh, it's it's a it's a basketball website. Uh, we, we have an emphasis on the NBA draft. Uh, so it's myself. I, I worked as a NBA agent for ten years, and uh, I've got a staff uh, of a bunch of former NBA scouts. Fran Fischilla uh, helps us out, and so we're just uh, you know a bunch of experienced basketball people uh, covering the draft. I love it. That's what we're going to be talking about today: is the draft and talk about the Cavs a little bit with it. So, what are your thoughts? Your thoughts on this draft as a whole? You know, it's uh, it's got a, quite a bit of a criticism this year of not being very good. Uh, I I still like it. I mean, it's not it's not a you know superstar you know heavy draft. Uh, I think there's a number of guys with upside that could end up being all star level guys. Uh, but there's not you know there's not a whole lot of guys or any that are surefire stars. And so I think that's why it's gotten you know quite a bit of criticism. Obviously, you know, last year we've got you know two clear cut stars and Zion Williamson and John Morant, and then you know next year's draft is. I mean, very, very deep, but um, yeah, no, I, I like it. Overall, the, the strength at the top of the draft is kind of questionable, but overall, the depth I think in this draft is solid. Yeah, no, I agree. Looking, I mean, I, yeah, I think there's going to be. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I, I think there's going to be. Um, you know, like I said, I think there's a handful or so guys that that have the upside to, to be, you know, maybe borderline all star type guys, uh, but then a you know a, a number of potential good role players, which which is valuable too. Yeah. Looking at probably the biggest need for the Cavs and the biggest need for a lot of teams is just some help on the wing. Looking at some of the top wings in this draft, you see guys like Isaac Okoro and Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams. I think all of those guys have the potential to become fine players, but do you see any of them being worth taking as a top five pick? Yeah, that group. I mean, I think that would, you know, uh, Isaac Okoro from Auburn, he'd be the guy that would be first for me of that group. Uh, that that would be on his high side. Uh, the one wing that I would look at in the top five would be uh, Denny Avdia from Israel. Uh, he's like a three four point forward. Uh, th- that's a guy that I could I could easily see the, the Cavs looking at. I agree with that. Um, what are your thoughts on Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams as far as just how how do you compare them to say an Isaac Okoro as far as strengths and weaknesses? You know, I mean, uh, they're they're different stages of their career. I mean, Patrick Williams, you know, was a young freshman that that didn't have a good start to the season. Uh, and, you know, it ended up turning on a, a little bit towards the end. But he, he's an upside guy. I mean, he's got a little ways to go. I, I personally think he's going to get there. Uh, but I, I don't know if a team's going to be able to depend on him next year. I think he's a little bit of a project. Uh, whereas Vassell, uh, you know, he's a year older and he's he's much more mature as a player and developed. Uh, just you know, extremely long and you know, score on all three levels, defends everybody. Uh, just a really solid kid. Um, I like both of them, you know, quite a bit. And what was your question to compare him to? Who? To say Isaac Okoro, as far as you know, the upside right. and what you could get out of that player as a finished product. Yeah, I think they're all you know in the same category uh, as far as talent goes. Uh, you know, I, I think they're different players. Okoro is such a big time athlete that could just defend everybody. Uh, which I mean, Vassell, you know, Patrick Williams, reversal too. Just, just different players. It's kind of comparing apples and oranges, really. But I, I, I like all three of those guys. Yeah, but your highest on Okoro of the three. Yeah, I just think his uh, his athleticism and um, you know, even those other guys are, are, are versatile defenders. Uh, Okoro has a chance to be elite. I mean, where he, he you know could be a lockdown playmaker on the defensive end, you know, defending everybody. And uh, if, you know, the one big um, you know concern with him, sort of his Achilles heel at this point, is his outside shooting. And I don't think it's totally broken. I think it's a you know it's going to be able to get it to a point where it's at least respectable. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I would have put him slightly higher than those other two. But I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I like all three of those players quite a bit. Yeah. Looking at some of the, the guards in this draft, the Cavs obviously have plenty of young guards when you're looking at Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, Kevin Porter, even Dylan Windler. Is there anybody in this draft who you see as, if the Cavs are on the board and say a LaMelo Ball or an Anthony Edwards are still there, and it, it could be different depending on where they're drafting, we still don't know that yet, but is there a guy who's you think just has too much talent to pass up no matter the fit? You know, I, I've struggled with the, the Cavs pick all year on our mock draft. You know, right now they're slotted to have the second pick. And like you said, you know, I mean, the last two years they've used high lottery picks on Colin Sexton and, and Darius Garland. You know, both are, are good players. Um, and, and so on our current mock draft, I have them taking Anthony Edwards. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a great fit just because you have those other two guys. You know, Kevin Porter, who they got with the 30th pick last year, uh, you know, has really shown some promise. And, and so it's not a great fit. But Edwards is the guy for me that has the most upside in the draft. He's going to be a hard guy to the, the pass on. You know, when, when you've got a young developing team, you know, still in need of a star player, even though those guys are, are showing a lot of promise. I'm not sure if any of them are good enough to be the top player on, on one of the best teams in the league. And that's, you know, that's what every, every team's trying to build. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they end up in, in the, you know, in the order. Um, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up, you know, towards the top of the draft, if they were to look, uh, look at some trades. Cause I mean, there, there's probably some teams looking at Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball. Uh, in that range. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, Cleveland's one, I could see them going a number of different ways as far as what they do with their pick or trades. Um, yeah, we're kind of in a wait and see mode with them. Yeah. And that's interesting thinking about trades because I think a guy like Patrick Williams will probably be available later on. So they could trade down and get whatever out of that trade and then still pick somebody like him later on. Right. Is Anthony Edwards somebody that you could see as, I mean, I know he's more of a, a two guard build, but is he someone who you could see playing small forward at all? Uh, you know, not much. I mean, I know they list him at six five. I I don't nec- necessarily trust that that measurement. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see you know with the the new NBA you know standard of of uh, of measurements that what he'll actually measure. I think he's probably closer to six four uh, than six six. You know, so I mean, you know, he would be on on you know a much smaller you know size. You know, he doesn't necessarily have a positional size if you're looking at him as a three. I think he's a little bit more of a two one than a two three. Yeah. Okay. And LaMelo, say that you're at, you know, one through three and you're not going to trade down. Is he somebody that you think is still worth taking despite having Darius Garland and Colin? Or is that just a route that you would want to avoid? You know, it's it's certainly not perfect. You know, I, I think uh, you know, Lamelo's behind Edwards slightly for me in, in regards to the upside. But I mean, it's the same conversation of okay, you know, he, this kid's got a chance to be a star. He doesn't fit with what we're doing, but our team's not really a finished product yet anyway. And so, I mean, I, I just think there's probably a lot of different options on the table for the Cavs as far as what they do next with with their with their current assets and and, and who they're looking to bring on. So it's you know, it's really hard to to sort of uh, project and, and and analyze exactly what to do because they they've got they've got a lot of different ways they can go yeah looking at some of the other top guys in this draft uh we've seen that the Cavs have some interest in James Wiseman obviously Denny Adia like you said Onyeka Kongu is going to be up at the top even Obi Toppin out of all of those guys who are you who do you like the most you know it's tough I mean you know I've got I've got that first tier of guys all kind of grouped together pretty closely um, and they're all they're all a little different, you know. And so I think depending on the team we're talking about, 
um, you know, it, it changed things up. I, I mean, I've been very high on Obi Toppin from, you know, early in the year, I, I kind of got ahead, ahead of things on him. I, I was lucky enough to go to the Maui Invitational and, you know, saw him put on a show there. And, um, and then Onyeka Kungwu, I mean, what, what a stud, you know, so both those kids, I, I would say of the, that group, uh, it's just as far as me, you know, being excited about them and, and everything. I, I, I like those guys a lot and, and wise men, you know, just being a seven footer that can move like that. It's just, it's hard not to, not to, to be intrigued with that. Yeah. Do you think Wiseman has long-term shooting potential, or do you see him being more of a traditional big throughout his career? No, I, th- I think he's very underrated as far as his skill level goes, and I think a big part of that is he only, only played three games at Memphis, and so I, you know the fans and a lot of media members don't know him all that well. Uh, I, I was lucky to be able to see him in a lot of high school events and individual workouts and things like that, and um, I, I think his skill level is high. And I, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a guy that steps into the NBA and starts shooting threes right away. But you know, within the next two or three years, I I think he's going to be able to stretch it and and you know and, and be able to show some finesse and, and skill. Yeah, looking at some other guys like Okongwu and Toppin and Avdia, they're all kind of Avdia is kind of in that three four, and both Okongwu and Toppin are both in that four five. We'll just kind of go through each of them. What do you see starting with Avdia? What do you see his long term position being? Do you see him kind of in like a a Danilo Gallinari type of role where he's at this point in his career he's basically a four? Or what, yeah, what do you think I mean, he's going to uh, be long term? You know, I, I, he's he's versatile. So I mean, it really depends on on how you want to use him. I, I think you can use him in a number of different spots, and that's that's something that adds a lot of value to him. Is that you know, I think you know, as he matures and just naturally fills out and gets into an NBA weight program, he's going to be he's going to be strong enough to play the four you know full time if you want him to be. Uh, but he's so you know he's deceptively athletic, um, you know, and so I mean, and he's very skilled. I mean, he's really like a point forward. So if you want to pencil him in as a full-time three, I think that works too. So, I mean, he's a guy that could go either way. Uh, you know, he does, I mean, comparing him to Gallinari, I mean, he doesn't shoot it like that. Their style of play is very different. Uh, but the one thing that does give uh, Avdia uh, more versatility is that I think he's you know significantly more athletic than, than Gallinari was at the same stage. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Obi Toppin. I see him more as a power forward. I know that he's kind of a power forward center, but do you think that there's any real possibility of him playing center in the NBA other than in the super small lineups that we see a lot of teams using now? But do you see him, what position do you see him as? Yeah, I, I see him as a modern day power forward. I mean, you know, on the offensive end, I think he's prototypical. I mean, he, he's exactly what I'd want out of a power forward. Uh, you know, there's some question marks on the defensive end, which I think are, are being overblown a little bit. Uh, but I, I don't see him playing major minutes at the five unless there's just a unique team that's wanting uh, to put out in unique lineups, like, you know, extreme small ball type stuff. But I, I see him as uh, as mostly as a four. Okay. And looking at finally Onyeka Kongwu, I think he is a long-term five. I just feel like he has more of a traditional, more of a versatility, almost in that, you know, the Bam Adebayo role. But I see his long-term position as a five. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. I mean, especially with, with the games, play, you know, the way the game's played right now. Uh, I mean, he is versatile too. I mean, he his uh, his footwork and his uh, his foot speed and his athleticism. Um, I mean, it's really uncanny for a guy his size. I mean, you know, not necessarily height wise, but I mean, just just being a big old big old bull of a, of a player. Um, I mean, you know, he's an interesting guy from that standpoint because you know I think he could switch out on, on certain players and, and do defensive you know actions and whatnot. And um, but yeah, no, I, I do see him being uh, you know, being you know an undersized five. Yeah. All right. Well, looking at everybody at the top right now, say that the Cavs win the lottery and they don't decide to trade out of it. Who is your number one pick for the Cavs? 
you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. I mean, I would probably go with Wiseman or Edwards and it'd be kind of like a coin toss at this point. I, you know, um, I mean, Wiseman certainly fits what they what they have in regards to not what they're trying to do next year, but guys they have under under control the next two or three years. Uh, from a team building standpoint, if they weren't going to do anything dramatic, Wiseman would be the nice plug and play guy that wouldn't affect the development of the, those other three young guys that we we're talking about. Um, but I don't know, Edwards that upside's hard to hard to overlook. So. Um, that's not a, a clear cut answer for you, but I don't, I don't have one to be, to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> it's difficult, but, um, looking at say the Cavaliers do trade out and are in somewhere in the mid twenties. Are there, who are some guys that you like that you think will be available in that kind of mid to late twenties area? You know, I mean, it's a tough question to answer because you know what are they getting back? You know, I mean, if you're if you're trading the top pick, you're you know you got to get more than than a pick in the mid twenties, and so that that would definitely yeah, that's true th- that would definitely change things up as far as I mean, you're getting that point now. You're looking to a guy, you know, what you know who fits what we're doing. Uh, but I mean, you know, some some of the guys just kind of giving you some general players that I like that I think are under the radar a little bit. Uh, Cassius Stanley from Duke. Um, I, I think he's under the radar. If he's there in the twenties, uh, that would be a very high value pick. I, I don't know if that's necessarily a great fit for Cleveland with with Porter because uh, he's sort of a two three. Um, Elijah Hughes from Syracuse is another guy. Um, Jalen Harris from Nevada. Um, Leandro Balmero, uh, you know, an Argentinian player that played in in Spain this year. Those are all guys that if they're in the twenties. Uh, I'd be pretty excited about them. Zeke Naji from Arizona is a big guy that can play the four or five. Uh, you know, you get to that point. I mean, you've got a lot more flexibility because the, there's a lot more guys that, that fit that group. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it would be interesting to see it, it, what, what Cleveland would do or even what they will do regardless of where they get put in the order. Just because there's not, you know, it's not, like I said, it's just not a clear cut, you know, path of like they need to address this position. They, they've kind of got, you know, a, a weird log jam in certain spots, but they don't have enough talent. I mean, they need to get better. So it's just sort of uh, an, an interesting spot for, for a team to be in. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I was. I was very happy with Sexton this past year, and I think Garland still has a lot of potential. But I don't think that they're at the they're at the position yet where they can start drafting for fit over talent. And I think even if it is difficult to have, you know, maybe you draft somebody high like an Anthony Edwards or a Lamelo, and you do have to bring Darius off the bench. But I think if you see somebody like that with talent, I think it's just too difficult to pass up. Looking yeah. at, we've also seen. Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, no, I agree, and I mean, I think you know one thing uh, that, that people you know don't don't acknowledge enough is that okay, if, if you've got if you got three guards, um, they think it all could play together. I mean, that's you know if you split minutes on on, on a three headed monster backcourt, that's thirty two minutes a game. You know, so I mean, you you could make it work. Um, you know, it's hard to you know use a number one pick and not pencil them in as hey, this is going to be our clear cut star. You know, long term, but um, yeah, if they did want to go with Edwards or Ball, they probably could make it work. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it with OKC this year, running Chris Paul, Shea Gildas Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder, and that was a very successful lineup for them. Right. I think they need to get somebody in there who can play a little bit more defense than some of those guys, but it's something that can be done. Sure. Uh, looking at one more thing here, we've seen a lot of teams. Well, it's been reported that a lot of teams might be interested in selling second round picks. So another just kind of general thing, anywhere in the second round, who are some guys that you like who you think are kind of under the radar second round picks? You know, I mean, it's it's uh, with, with, in regards to you know buying second round picks, usually those are players that you you know you had penciled in as first round picks on, on your board. 
You know, so I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the guys that I probably have in the second round now um, wouldn't be guys I'd, I'd, I'd go buy a pick for. It'd be the guys that slip, you know. And so, again, I'm not I'm not answering your answer. Or that's a good your, point, though. Your, yeah, your, that your, is your a good question point. directly. Uh, but that's that's, you know, from my experience, that seems to be, you know, how teams look at it is they get excited about a guy slipping and, uh, OK, we're going to get a first round talent in our in our opinion, uh, you know, it's for second round value. That's a good point. I hadn't even really thought about it like that, but. Yeah, that is good. So, Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman, I'm going to force you to pick one. If you had to pick one, which one would you go with? You know, I mean, assuming they don't get any trades uh, that they're excited about, I would probably go with Wiseman. Obviously, Drummond's on. You know, he's got a player option this offseason, I believe, right? Uh, you know, he doesn't seem like a long-term answer there. Uh, I think Wiseman would be a nice, you know, nice fit with their other developing players. And, you know, I don't think they would be a big time team next year, but they'd be able to add another player the following year. Um, you know, and their, their team would start taking shape. Whereas with Edwards, it kind of screws up the development and, you know, sort of the molding of what you're doing. So I, I, I'd go with Wiseman if I had to, you know, pick one of the two. Yeah. Say you do draft Wiseman. This is more just talking about the Cavs. Is. Andre Drummond, do you start Andre still? You may, maybe you still start Andre at the beginning of the season, but is there a certain point where, if especially if Wiseman is playing well, you just bench Drummond regardless of how he's doing? Well, I mean, if if you know Drummond is not a long term answer, you know clearly, you know taking Wiseman would, would sort of force him out long term. So I mean, the commitment would be what's best for Wiseman, and so um, I mean you have to kind of see how it goes, and you know I think there be need to be a lot of communication with Wiseman. Uh, you know, in that scenario, I think Dr- Drummond would be uh, a, a nice uh, you know nice piece to trade be, you know he'd be on an expiring contract a guy that's capable of playing you know quality minutes for a team uh so i'd say you know wh- whatever is best for wiseman's development and you know and, and a big part of that is getting a guy in the training camp getting him with the coaches uh and getting a feel for where he's at and, and how quickly he's, he's adapting and picking things up and you know just to say hey oh this guy's gonna play 36 minutes a game his rookie year he's got to see how it goes you know i mean you know some guys you know come around quicker than others uh but yeah the priority would be wiseman whatever's best for him and in, in my opinion all right i agree with that well thank you for doing this i know it was kind of a quick episode but again i really appreciate you taking your time i know you're pretty busy right now so i just want to say thank you for doing this no thank you thanks for having me um if you guys enjoyed listening again do whatever you do when you like a podcast rate it review it and uh thank you for listening i'll see you again soon